0: All right, Mm -hmm. now it's my privilege and uh, pleasure to introduce Father Joel Rogers. And Father Joel is going to give his biography to you so you know what he's been up to since he was ordained in, what was it, 2002? (laughs) So welcome to the Lay Dominican Fraternity at St. Cecilia Chapter, Father. Thank you, Mary and all of you. Uh, again, Father Joel Rogers of the Fathers of Mercy. Uh, we preach parish missions and we staff rural parishes and we also preach retreats and so forth. Um, always t- emphasizing the mercy of Jesus. I come from a family of 14 uh, brothers and sisters, nine sisters, four brothers, and I, I was ordained. In uh, 2000, I was working at St. Helen Church in Glasgow, Kentucky, serving the Archdiocese of Louisville, a rural parish, and that I was just recently made uh, the local superior at the house. I'm still trying to figure out what that means. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you all for having me. Uh, suppose we begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou my women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now is the hour of our day. Amen. St. Dominic, pray for us. St. Cecilia, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, the lay Dominicans. From what I gathered, uh, you come together in prayer and you also come together to study more intensely your faith in the spirit of uh, St. Dominic. Uh, coming to know the truth more and more and to embrace it more and more. And then you go to your parishes or wherever you are and you practice the spirituality of St. Dominic whether you are RCIA teachers or whether you are, are teaching in school or whether you're working in the parish in any other way, but to bring that spirit with you in your parish. Uh, and so I think it's very fitting uh, that uh, today I wanted to talk about uh, someone <clears throat> whom St. Dominic loved, of course, our Blessed Mother. And today is, her, uh, is her one of the days of the month in October. So, uh, we, we always desire to spread uh, the love that we have for Christ and his church to the whole world. Uh, but you know the saying, we can't give what we don't have. So how do we begin? Uh, besides studying, besides getting together,
1: uh, the best way
0: to share the love that you have for someone uh, with other people is to really get to know the person that you love. And that we do with the Blessed Trinity, we do through prayer and meditation. So I wanted to give a brief uh, meditation, brief uh, 30 minutes or so, uh, on, on Our Lady's prayer and Our Lady's uh, participation in the life of Jesus Christ. How did she do it? And so we desire to practice the same spirit prayer, and trust in divine providence. Okay, so I'm going to meditate on the first joyful mystery of the Most Holy Rosary. I'd like to start by reading uh, first from the Gospel of Luke. In the six-month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace; the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relation with the man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. About that I would like to meditate. Let's consider Mary, the mother of Jesus, before she is the mother of Jesus, what she is doing when the angel Gabriel appears to her. Perhaps she is cleaning her home. Perhaps she is working, sewing. Perhaps she is at prayer. But whatever she's doing, She already has in her heart the disposition to do God's will. She is the Immaculate Conception. She has no desire for sin, no attraction for it. All she wants to do is the will of God. And yet she still has plans. She has plans. She's going to be married to Joseph. And they are going to live together, chase lives. And they will uh, live according to the will of God. Mary is also humble. She knows that she wants to do God's will, but she does not boast in it as if it came from her. She knows her place. Everything that she has and everything that she is comes first from God, and she knows it. So she's very humble. And when the angel appears to her and says, Hail, full of grace, she acts as any humble person would. She's troubled at his greeting. Humble people do not seek to be praised. They do not seek to be prayed. And here is an angel of God, superior in nature to human beings, praising her, saying that she will be the mother of Joseph. <laughs> Mary has complete humility, and at the same time, while she has her plans with Joseph, that one visit from the angel all those changes everything what is Joseph going to say when she will have a child in her womb? what will he say he trusts her he does not doubt her integrity But what will he say when she's with child is he going to leave her she planned to be married to Joseph they're going to have a happy married life together what is he going to say? Mary doesn't doubt God at all she doesn't doubt the angel she knows that she's going to live her life as a consecrated version for Jesus or for God and she's going to give her life for God entirely so she wants to know how is this going to be about that she will have this child. She doesn't doubt for a second. But she says, Lord, you know that I've given my life to you, and I will be a consecrated virgin. So how is this going to happen? I want to obey. And so, she agrees, obviously. And all of her plans with Joseph, she's willing to put that aside for now, and simply say to the angel, let it be done to me according to your word. She places God's plan over her own plan. She's willing to let go whatever she's been working on, and if God wants her to let that go, she'll let it go. Utter trust in divine providence. She knows that she is a creature. She's humble, remember. And she knows that God's plans for her are ultimately going to be far better for her than any plan she could imagine. Mary puts her plan under God's plan. Everything is according to God's Word. Let it be done to me as you say. This yes by Mary is a real cause of the salvation of the whole world. A secondary cause, yes. God is the primary cause, He's the source. Jesus Christ is the ultimate cause of our salvation, but God chose to make this happen through the yes of a woman. This one yes changes history because the divine redeemer would dwell in her womb and save us from our sins. and Open the gates of heaven so that every one of us would have a chance to be in the embrace of the blessed trinity forever. Yes, let it be done to me according to your word. Her fiat, a real cause of our salvation, and many generations will call me blessed, said Mary, but not because of her own merit, so much as God giving her that grace of saying yes. Yes, Mary did merit, but God made it so that she could merit to be the mother of God. Mary's yes, bringing Jesus to the whole world, And Mary's, yes, let it be done to me according to your word, would always be present in every circumstance in her life. From the time that she had to travel with Joseph while she was pregnant to Bethlehem, the uncomfortable trip, everything. Yes, this is what God wills. And then when she had to flee from Bethlehem, because King Herod is going to kill her child. Yes, I will be in discomfort. I will travel to Egypt with my husband Joseph. Yes, let it be done to me as you say. And when the prophet Simeon says, a sword shall pierce your heart, she ponders this in her heart. She is submissive to the will of God when her son, Jesus, is in the temple and she's looking for him for three long days with her husband. I doubt much food or drink or sleep during that time at all. But yes, Mary is submissive to the will of God, everything, all the way to the foot of the cross. And Mary stands. Jesus offers his life for us on the cross. And she offered the life of her son on the cross for you and me. Mary always saying yes let it be done to me as you O God say. Mary is humble and because she is humble she utterly trusts divine providence. She utterly trusts the plan of the Blessed Trinity she gives herself entirely to God and for this reason all generations call her blessed. That one moment in life changing the history of mankind, Mary's plan is always yes to God. Mary is our mother, Jesus gave her to us when he was dying on the cross. John, behold your mother. And that John, the apostle, is all of us too. Behold your mother. My mother is yours. And Mary is our mother and she is our model. And she is the model most affectionate. Most affectionate. You and I want to change the world you and I want to make a difference. Let's begin with prayer. Let's begin with a close relationship with uh, the Blessed Trinity. But let's include our devotion and love for Mary, who always desires to take us to Jesus. She never keeps us for herself. Always to take us to Jesus. So, we have a mother and a model. What do we do? Are we humble? Do we see ourselves as God sees us? It doesn't matter what other people see in me, and it doesn't matter as much what I see in myself as it does what God sees in me. So, do I look at myself the way God sees me? Or am I always seeking favors, praises, or whatever When I do my work of God, am I doing it for ulterior motives so that I can be honored for it, or am I doing it truly for the will of God and for the salvation of soul? Am I humble? We, too, have our plans. We have lots of them. When I'm driving to Nashville, I plan that people will drive the way I like them to. And if they don't, look out, right? I have my plans. If I had my plans, everything would work out just fine. And you know, it's not wrong to have plans. Mary had plans. But am I willing to let go of my plans for God? Am I willing to let go? Do I believe that God knows more about what He's doing with my life than I do? Do I trust that the Blessed Trinity loves me more than I love myself? In fact, that the Blessed Trinity loves this one person, myself, yourself, every person. that He loves every person as if that person was the only person that ever existed. He loved that person more than the whole world could love that one person, infinitely more. And if that is true, and how much more God's plan is better for me than my own. Do I trust God? Father Joel has the effect of original sin. So he's inclined to the lower things sometimes. He wants people to go his speed. He wants his kind of food. He wants that people to do the way he does it. He'll get impatient with people who don't do it the way he does it. And so Father Joel has all of these inclinations and sins and misjudgments, mistakes over and over again. And I'm going to entrust my life to myself? Insane. Insane. God, the supreme being, The unmovable, the unshakable, the perfect, God who is love itself. God who is power, God who is knowledge, God who is wisdom. Who am I going to trust my life to, me or him? It's a no-brainer, right? It's a no-brainer. But we always have to be coming back to prayer to remember that. When we pray, then we are disposed more to God's will. We're disposed to do what He asked of us. So do you and I pray? Mary, even before the archangel Gabriel appeared to her, was already disposed to do God's will because her yes was immediate let it be done to me as you say are you and I ready to give that quick yes to God do we pray and to be disposed to do God's will God's plan includes everything in my life that will help me to be in the embrace of the Blessed Trinity forever in heaven. God's divine providence includes everything that will bring me to that. Both the blessings that I have and the crosses. Do I accept them both? Do I give thanks to the Lord for my blessings? And then, do I try to follow what Jesus says if you really wish to be my disciple you must deny yourself daily take up your cross and follow me am I willing to do that if God's plan includes a cross he doesn't do it to make me miserable but he allows it so that I can be perfected in this life and so that I can have a chance to participate in the redemptive suffering of Jesus for other souls. And in the end, it's all about the open gates of heaven. Do I trust that even those inconveniences, the things that I find make no sense whatsoever? Sure, I'll get cancer. Lord, give that to me. But this little snub remark by my neighbor Uh, I won't tolerate that no do I accept everything that comes from the hand of God and do I embrace it let it be done to me as you say we don't love suffering for its own sake but we can't say Lord if you desire that I endure this you will be done I just need your help I can't do it without you. We can be like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, please, this this cup from me. But if it's your will, just give me the grace to do it. Only so that I can be united to you more intimately, more closely. Help me to embrace your will, O oh God. The Blessed Trinity is perfect god knows what he is doing he loves us more than we love ourselves let's entrust ourselves to him we have to let go of our desire to control things all of the time we have to be willing to let go i'm sure if mary had her preferences (coughs) She would not have to stand at the foot of the cross and watch her son die. She would have actually preferred to be nailed to the cross herself. But no, God desired that she stand at the foot of the cross and watch her son die for you and for me. Let it be done to me as you say, O Lord. Sometimes what we want is not always the best thing. Do we trust God that he knows what he's doing in our life? Do we really trust Him? Are we prayerful? Are we humbly disposed? Are we willing to suffer? How can we have a salvation without suffering? Trusting in God brings us peace. Trusting in God brings us peace. And we pray. We meditate. So that we can learn to trust God more. When we pray, we take a particular time to pray. We make a holy hour. But when we trust in God, it's like we're praying all the time. Because we're trusting God when we're driving our way to Nashville. And someone cuts in front of us and we say a Hail Mary for that person, instead of shaking our fist. And we trust in God when things don't go according to plan. We trust in God when we get a flat tire. We trust in God when He allows inconveniences to happen. He allows for people to hurt us. We trust in God. After all, the Father allowed people to hurt His Son on the cross. And that's the greatest event in the whole world. The event of our salvation. Trusting in God brings peace. It takes practice. We have to go through life and get hit a little bit over and over again. Not that we desire it all the time. Not that we're looking for it. We get blessings too. But we also get crosses. When we accept them. So that we can learn to trust God more. Is God real to us? Is God real to us? Because if He is real to us, then we will be living as if we were always in His presence and nothing, no matter how bad, will shake us. If God takes something away from us, he'll give us something better back. That's the way he is. Jesus says, he who gives up everything received a hundred times as much, even in this life, plus persecution, and then life everlasting. God knows what he's doing. Do you and I trust him? Let us practice the trust of our Blessed Mother, Mary, the Mother of Jesus. I close with this story, true story, about my Aunt Teresa. She was happily married. She and her husband had five children. And then, after a number of years, her husband decided that really married life wasn't for him after all. So he left her. Now imagine that sorrow and that emptiness that she must have felt when the one who was of her flesh, I mean two, one flesh, it's like a heart being ripped out of you. He goes away. She feels rejected. She feels unloved. And then she had to take care of her children by herself. She had to work long hours to provide for their needs, for the heat, for the clothing, for the food on the table. And yet she was a great woman of faith. She had great love for the Blessed Trinity. I remember going with her sometime to daily mass at the church. We walked to the church, St. Mary's Church in the Veda, Missouri, and I was just impressed with her faith and her prayerfulness. And she was always cheerful, always cracking a joke. My Aunt Teresa, my mother's sister. One winter, it was particularly cold. And long hours that she worked still, they didn't have enough money to pay for the heating bill. She didn't know what to do the next day the bill was supposed to be paid so she did all she could do she fell on her knees and she said God you have carried us through this far you gotta help us out the next day a gentleman from the gas company comes over and he Gives them the gas that they need, and then he leaves. Unexplainable. And then she gets a call from the company the same day. And the company says, look, uh, we accidentally put gas for your furnace, but uh, we realize that you had not paid us a bill yet. And so she says, you'll receive it tomorrow. Where's that going to come from? The next day, she received a letter from a friend, and she opened up the envelope, and it's a very encouraging letter, and at the end of the letter it says, I thought maybe you could use this. I know that you are in need sometimes, that life gets tough. I thought you could use some help. And it was the amount in the envelope, the exact amount that she needed to pay the heating bill for that month. God is always working on us. He knows our needs more than we do. He knows that if he allows us to carry a cross, that we can't do it without him. He knows that. Let's not put the cross back in his hands. Let's say, Lord, if this is really what you want, God, help me. Jesus, I trust in you. God bless you all. Thank you for having me.